Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, and I'm joined here by Brandon Cameron from the Fan 590. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. So the Maple Leafs, unfortunately, uh, suffered a loss last night to the hands of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, 4-3 in overtime. Uh, yeah, sorry, in a shootout. But what a thrill! I got ahead of myself. What a thrilling overtime period that was last night. That might have been the most exciting overtime I've seen the least play this year. I think the most exciting overtime I've ever seen in my life. Like there was, it's up, it, was it, it was a real good. It was a really, really good overtime. It's a shame I had to go to a shootout. Like that, the shootout really killed any like buzz in the building. You could hear like cause the, like the the arena was like was jumping when like. Winnipeg got that two on zero, and then Shifley got like back to back breakaways after that. Like the the brute, it was buzzing. It was buzzing. Well, it was funny. It was like I don't think Freddie Anderson. That's a game that he's gonna you know put his hat on for being one of his best. That's for yeah. sure. But in overtime, he was unreal. I mean, like a couple of two on ones, he stopped a two on zero on line A. Like. He was just outstanding in that overtime period, considering how poor he played the 60 minutes prior. Did he ever really come through in the clutch uh, in overtime to, to get it to the shootout, at least? That was the best I've seen Frederick Anderson look in, like, three weeks. Like, in that overtime specifically, that's the best he's looked in, like, three weeks. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was, he was outstanding. He was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It was, I'm surprised they scored even at all on him in the shootout, honestly. Like, that actually surprised me. I thought the Leafs had it for sure. When it went to a shootout, because I was like, these guys aren't scoring on Anderson right now. Like, he's, they can't. Like, he's just in the zone right now. Well, was, I was watching the game last night, and during the shootout after, uh, I forget who shot first. I think it was Ehlers. Did Ehlers shoot first for Winnipeg? I think it was Ehlers, yeah. And then he made the stop, and I was like, all right, he's in the zone. And then Line A came out with just that random oh. snapper. Oh, that was nasty. Random snapper, glove side, just out of nowhere. He was just skating down the ice, just got over the blue line, top of the circle, snaps it. You know what I liked about that Line A goal, actually? It just, like, after seeing Matthews tie it up, that seemed like Linus' answer to it. Yeah, like, you're right. Like it's like it, it felt like he was like, I'm st- I'm still here. I'm still pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was right. Line a, like actually trying to like assert his dominance and show that like he's actually he's in the con. He was like to show everybody that he was in the conversation for Matthews for a while. Like he was like, in the conversation of that draft essentially. I mean, obviously Matthews was going to be number one. Overall I think he was lot. as much in that conversation as people tried to make Jack Eichel in the conversation for Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's similar. like it was more of a media-driven conversation than it was a legitimate team. conversation. Yeah. But um, no, really, really solid effort. Uh, really solid effort out of the out of uh, out of both teams. I thought yesterday, but really, the man who I felt was probably the best player on the ice was on the losing side. But Austin Matthews is brilliant. The game that he, he was a magician last he night. He was like, brilliant last night. Man. He was next level. He was out there toe dragging. He was he was putting pucks through his legs. He was doing little spinoramas, shoving people out of the way, retrieving pucks in the deep. Like he, this guy was all over the place. Eight shots on goal. Played a career or a season high in in minutes of total ice time. Like and sent it to overtime in the final twelve seconds of the game with one of the best shots I've ever seen him make. Not his first goal, but that was his second I goal know. of the game. He is brilliant like, last night. Man. If he would have put away that goal, the one that he put between his legs coming off the wing, like could you imagine? Like two nights after McDavid just made a highlight reel goal against the Leafs, he goes out with that kind of response. Did- do you think that actually in Toronto's home barn, like that place would have erupted? Do you think that? Do you think like Matthew's logic behind 
him like really stepping up last night has something to do with him playing McDavid the other day, like falling second fiddle to McDavid the other day. That's interesting. Like that I feel like that would that yeah. mindset would be there somewhere, right? I think it has something more to do with like you kind of alluded to it, the fact that they went one to him in line A. Yeah. But I think there is something to that because he seems to really, really play well when he plays Winnipeg. Like when they played last week, again, Matthews was was a stud in that game. He played well yeah. too. Even against Buffalo too, against Jack Eichel, like he he goes he yeah. goes he goes head to head with the big guys and he yeah. actually like usually steps up. He didn't have a great game against the Oilers on Monday, but no. I mean, I, I mean, he scored. Not many Leafs did. He still scored. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did Pierre Engel. <laughs> Pierre Engel's actually looked really good. <laughs> actually, someone who else scored last night, and I couldn't believe it because he basically was never out on the ice. Your boy, Timo Timoshev. Yeah, dude. I, I don't get why Dmitry Timoshev doesn't play as much. Did I say Timo? Oh, yeah. I said Timo. Timo. I like it. I think Timo, that would be Timo, Timo. yeah. Timmy. Timmy Tom. Timmy Tom. Timmy Tom, um, Timoshev. I don't get why he doesn't play that much. I I think he's a pre- I think he's a pretty solid NHL player. Like for a bottom fourth line, like he reminds me of Brandon Leipzig. He's fine. I mean, the thing is, like he didn't really create that goal. He was just right place, right time. That goal was really created by Kapanen. Yeah, but speed. you know what? You know what? Timoshov has a knack of doing being in the right place at the right time. I mean, he's just there to bang pucks away in front of the net. And, and you know what I mean, he that's does? That's what he did. That's what he does. Sure, but it's not like he's creating these chances. He just happens to get himself in a good position, which, you know, there's there's something to say for that, I suppose, and he does have a few goals on the season. But I don't think he's a guy who I'm going to hang my hat on and be like, this is going to be somebody who you can have as a fixture on your fourth line from here on out. I don't think he should come out because I think that he's totally fine to be somebody that Keith can kind of rotate in and out with some other players depending on the matchup. No, I see that. Like, he is the kind of player that you, like, if there's anybody on this roster that I'm picking out of the lineup to try and insert something to change something up, it's probably him. Like, he obviously is the very bottom end of the roster the the forward group like he just very clearly is i just i like what he brings man like every time he like uh, almost all four have been, he scored four times this year every time he scored it's been like the day he comes back into the lineup except for the one he scored on opening day which i would still count as, i would still count yeah. that as in there because he's never played before like he just scores when he gets put in the lineup and then just kind of doesn't do anything for th- like I think that's probably the reason he does. He, he keeps falling out because after he does that one good game of like showing up and actually producing, he just kind of doesn't. Off. He just kind of doesn't if he does it, if he plays consistently, which is kind of unfortunate for him. But I, I I like him, man. I like I like his energy. I like his effort. I like the way he I like his stick. I like the way he plays. Timoshaw's a good player. Like he's he's not bad. He played two minutes and forty nine seconds yesterday in a game that went to overtime. Five extra minutes of gameplay. I mean, you're not going to send out your fourth liners in in three-on-three, but still, in 65 minutes, he only played two minutes and 49 seconds. That's got to... That's... Got to be somewhere near a, a, goals a record. Goals like, for sixty. Yeah, like goals, goals for sixty off the charts. Like, oh my goodness, that's insane. <laughs> that is insane. He's averaging probably goals per sixty in that game, averaging like three goals. You want sixty-five minutes? Can't complain, man. That's yeah, a that's dude, a heck of a statistical time. game for a man. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Um, any other thoughts from this one? I thought Morgan Riley actually had a, a pretty good response. I thought after kind of getting shown up a little bit uh, against Edmonton, a poor outing, then obviously the McDavid goal. 
Probably a little embarrassed by it. He was caught flat-footed on that one. It's hard to put that. It on, is. It's it, hard. It's really hard to actually put that on Morgan Ryan. It right? is. Like but that's not. That's just McDavid I, being brilliant. I totally agree. That would have happened to anybody. I know. Honestly, and, that would happen to Shea Weber. That would have happened to yes. those. A hundred percent, it would have. But it happened to Riley. And watching the highlight reels, watching Sports Center the night. The night of, and then for the following week, I'm assuming it'll be on Sports Center yep. on your one on ones. Top 10 McDavid goals. Exactly. Every like you just, you, you see yourself and you saw how badly you got beat, and that, that seems like it may have inspired him to go out and have a good game because I thought that he had a really good response in this one. What were your thoughts on him yesterday? Yeah, I thought Riley was good. Um, I at least need him to be good. So, like, I, I sort of expect it from him right now. Their, their left side's not looking great. Did like you that? see? Did you see that piece in the in the Athletic written by uh, James Myrtle? Or sorry, James <laughs> Jonas Siegel. I did not. So he wrote a piece that just came out talking about um, Morgan Riley's trying season with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and essentially it's it's chalked up the fact that he's been playing hurt pretty much all season long, which is something that I think people have kind of said without having any substance to that just like oh it seems like he's playing hurt and if you recall back in i believe it was november uh or maybe even like late october there was that string of maybe two weeks where he never 30 minutes well well that but he also he just didn't he never practiced he just played oh yeah, yeah, yeah he just kept sitting out of practices and babcock was like oh just precautionary but he came out, Morgan Riley actually came out and spoke to Jonas Siegel. So he must be getting better if he's comfortable now talking about it. Um, and he came out and said that, uh, is he said, quote, it was a pretty significant amount of pain, but I did my MRIs and everything like that. And there was no damage to the real important things. So it was just a matter of pain management. We took some action over the Christmas holidays, and I'm feeling much better after some minor stuff that we did. And I think it's just having that confidence. And the pain is way lower than it was, and I'm just able to go out and play more. So I think that's uh, that's that's Riley saying that he's ready to, to kind of turn a corner on the first half of the season now to the second half of the yep. season where he's feeling a little bit better. Um, and I think it's it's it seems like... Yesterday, we, we did kind of see a, a different, I don't want to say a different level of hockey from, from Morgan Riley, but, but more what we expect, he played right? better. Like, it was one of his bad, better games of the season. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. on the stat sheet, it's not like he had a, you know, like a 4.9 or anything like that. But I thought he was sound. Like, he was, he was, he was a decent, had a, had a pretty good game. And considering he was coming off of that game against Edmonton, where he was on the ice for three goals, got embarrassed, I, I thought it was a pretty good response out of him. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I think the I actually think it was just a solid effort last night, like around the board for the Leafs. I mean, aside from a few hiccups by a notable Maple Leafs forward that I wasn't particularly happy with last night. Because he happened to have a C on. He his might jersey. potentially have a C. Last night was not John Tavares' best game as a Maple Leaf. I was just trying to tease it for the other side, and you just ruined it on me. Sorry, Thanks buddy. for that one. Yeah, that's what but, I do. But uh, on the other side, we'll keep chatting this game. We'll go for uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of last night's 4-3 shootout loss to the Winnipeg Jets. All right, welcome back to Locked on Leafs Podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside Brandon Cameron. All right, Leafs with another loss last night. At least they got themselves a pity point thanks to Austin Matthews, who scored with just 12 seconds left in regulation to bring it to overtime, ended up going to a shootout, and that's where their captain, Blake Wheeler, uh, ended up getting the, the shootout winner on Freddie Anderson. 
Let's go through the good, the bad, the ugly, and let's start with the good, the positive of this game. And I think it's probably unanimous. Austin Matthews was the be. best player out on the ice last night, not only for the Leafs but in the entire game. We kind of wasn't sp- even close. No, like we, <laughs> like he was so dominant last night. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit earlier to earlier uh, in this podcast, but he was just not only just dominant in the offensive end, but he was dominant. Like everywhere in the neutral zone, in the defensive zone, and this is the type of Austin Matthews where you look at and like it may have been his best game of his career. No, it, it was up there for it's up like, there for sure. You look at him when he plays like that, the tenacity that he was playing in all all zones, and you say, okay, now I can see why people think that he can be one of the like a top five player in this league. If he does that ever, if he does that five out of every seven games that he plays, he's top five player in the league. Right? Like, objectively. 100%. I mean, two goals, eight shots. He had a block, three takeaways, and he played 25 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. Honestly, that didn't even feel like enough for him last night. If if I'm being honest, that didn't even feel like enough. That was was a, a regular season high for Austin Matthews and Tom on ice, so... That's that was that was quite something. The what the what he put on last night it was a show for the Toronto crowd. You know what was kind of funny? Like Austin Matthews can play the best game of his life and he still can't get a hat trick. Like that guy can't buy a hat trick. <laughs> I mean, scored four goals his first game. Yeah, but he's never had a hat trick since in four years. Yeah, no, it's kind of funny. He's the most snake bitten hat trick player in the NHL. Uh, any honorable mention? Uh, I like Jason Spezza last night actually. Like, uh, I mean, he wasn't particularly great. Like, he wasn't like, whoa, blow your mind. But I think Spence has been really steady for the last couple of weeks for the Maple Leafs. And I think Sheldon keeps really starting to trust Jason Spezza. Yeah. And, like, I think Spezza may have actually just, like, secured himself a spot on the third line instead of the fourth line. Yeah. If no, that makes sense. I would agree with that. It will, it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, when Janssen gets back and, and what they decide to do with Kerfoot. But, you know, if they decide, you know what, let's keep Spezza at center and then just put Kerfoot back down to the wing. Um, I could see that happening. I could see it. Or, or maybe even finds his way out of the top six if, if Kerfoot, yeah. uh, if they want to keep him and keep that line going, keep that top six going because they're just a producing A third line right of Spezza, Captain and Janssen, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it wouldn't like, be bad. That would be nice. That's a nice ring to me. Speaking of bad, there was some bad last night. Yeah. Uh, who do you have for your bad player for me, it's, Okay. Aside from overtime, it was probably Freddie Anderson. Yeah, I would that, agree. That first... Goal for the Ehlers goal wasn't great. He lost his edge there and caught with the puck and gave Ehlers a wide open goal. Even the honestly, even the the breakaway goal from at, the shorthanded goal by Appleton, Appleton. Uh, wasn't great. No, I, like, that was an that was a stoppable breakaway. Shifley's goal. Shifley's goal. That was a better goal. Like I, uh, I'll, was, give him, I'll give him, Shifley's a real good shooter. Like you got to give Shifley like, some credit there. He, like that was a good goal from Shifley. That was a that, that was a shot that he saw all the way. Yeah. And like it's not like it was from in tight. There, was, there was no screening. That's true. He could have. Like, I thought that was it. like those are the kind of saves that you need to make in a game. And it just he wasn't on his A game. I think the, that's a, a shot that he stops nine times out of ten if he's on his. Like the fact that he was able to stop that two on zero chance in overtime, but then allow those Back goals on. in. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Like it just it, it just he wasn't he. To chalk it up, he didn't have his A game last night. And that's yeah. okay, because he has been the Leafs' MVP this season. He's kept them in way more games than they should have been. Um, and, you know, last night, they were still able to get at least one point. 
when he wasn't playing well, which is which is more than I guess you could ask for. Uh, well, stole you point. could ask for better, but <laughs> stole a point, man. Yeah, but he, it, it was it was a bad game for Freddie. With you know, considering how well he's played this season, at least it was it was a pretty bad game. But the overtime gives you gives you gives you hope, right? The yeah, overtime, the, the play oh, in overtime great. gives you gives you gives you hope that like that's just, it's just kind of a blip. Yeah, it's it not like time. he'll be okay. Uh, ugly, Oof. John Tavares. Yeah, he yeah. was. That was his worst game as a Maple Leaf. Yeah. I, like, it, it wasn't good. And he played over 25 minutes of ice time as well. Um, he's and directly think, responsible for two goals. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's directly... Honestly, wasn't he... He might have been invo- involved in the Ehlers goal, too. Uh, I, can I think check. he might have been. I think he was minus three. He Well, no, he was a minus one, but he was on the ice for, uh, for the Appleton goal as well. Okay. Right? So, I think... He was on the ice for two goals, but only a minus one because it doesn't he was on the count ice for, for the shorty. Empty net, for the empty net or two. Or the t- game tying goal, he was on the ice. Yeah. So that would alter that a little bit, but he was bad. Like, he, he just made very uncharacteristic John Tavares turnovers where he was like, he held the puck a little, like, especially on the Appleton goal. Like, he, he carried the puck into the neutral zone and just tried to hold on to it for some reason. Instead of trying to make a play to get it back into the offensive zone for the power play, which was very uncharacteristic for him, he was making sloppy, uh, real sloppy saucer passes on the I forget who's I think it was on Schleifley's goal where he made the he made the saucer pass from like to like I want to say it was Dermot that was like he was like six feet away from him and he tried to sauce to him and it missed and Schleifley intercepted for a breakaway. Yeah, and it was game. Yeah. It, like this team, it's 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 actually consistent. You look at when they lose, you know what's the cause for these losses, and a lot of the time it's turnovers. It's themselves, like right? They beat themselves. <laughs> they beat honestly. themselves like, more than any team I've I, more than any team I know. And and you would think that makes sense when you have a team that's as skilled and as good as this team. That if they're going to lose, it's not because the team beat them down. Obviously, they'll have their off nights where that does happen. Yeah. But more time than not, they're going to beat themselves based on you know silly turnovers at the blue line or silly turnovers in in front of the net or uh, just you know bad positioning. You let your man go out in front of the net, and and it's just you know your own mistakes and. Just it seems like Tavares was made a few more mistakes than uh, than we're used to out of our captain. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it wasn't like it, it. Obviously, it's just a one-off, right? It's not just. Yeah, no, he's been great. He's yeah. been he's been fantastic. Honestly, it's just a, it was a bad game. That's it. It's yeah. a game where you know if you're Tavares, you, you burn the tape and you say, "Yeah, we're done." And well, he's talking about a post game. Not too, watching right? this anymore. He, he he owned up to it post game. Like he was like, like he during his scrums he was. He was apologetic. He was like, "That's on me. I'm the captain. Like, I I can't make mistakes like that." Well, it's the, and it, I, I like honestly, I feel like the least really respect that. Yeah, I, I have the quote right here exactly. Oh, what he okay. said, um, "So you know, he was asked if tonight was kind of a, a bittersweet night." He said, "Yeah, obviously, a pretty tight hockey game. A couple of mistakes put us behind a lot uh, on the night, and that's on me. We obviously stuck out, stuck with it, created opportunities. Matthews comes through again. He had some great opportunities in overtime shootout. Unfortunately, we didn't get the extra point. So you know." A couple mistakes put us behind a lot of the night, and that's on me. So I think that's the part where you say, yeah, it was on you, but you owned up to it. Let's put this one behind us, move and on. let's move on. Get back in the winning category on Sunday. Is that their next game? Sunday, yeah, against the Panthers. So, or Saturday? No, it's Sunday. They don't have a Saturday game this, this oh, week. Oh, look at that. I don't Man. know why. <laughs> the night off. Good for them. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, and on the other side... 
Let's go ahead and play some cosine no sign. Haven't played that in a while. Oh wow. And I'm excited for it. So that'll be coming up in just a moment. All right, welcome back to Locked On Lease Podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside Brandon Cameron. Uh, we're going to play some cosine no sign here as we shift gears from that game against Winnipeg. It's over. Tape's already in the garbage for, for John Tavares. And now let's have a, a full Leafs edition of cosine no sign. Uh, you are the guest, so I will allow you to go first. Do you have your first cosine no sign? I do. All right. All right, so now only two goals back of David Pasternak for the league league with 31. Austin Matthews will catch him and win his first Rocket Richard trophy. Co-sign. Austin Matthews, you look at what he's done over the last, well, literally since Keith took over 22 games ago. 16 goals. No, 17 goals. Oh, yeah, I, would, that was, I read that stat before he scored the game time goal. 17 goals in 22 games under Keith. This guy is on fuego, and it's he's not just doing it one way. I mean, he he's creating so much offense for himself, whether it's through one timer, shooting life. the puck off the rush, like he he like his his patented snapshot his, from last like last night. His one timer has gotten so good, and that's that's something that I actually <laughs> wanted to talk about. So good, and that's something that I wanted to talk about. I was gonna kind of wait maybe until the uh, till the All Star break when when they're on their bye in a couple of weeks because I did want to get into how much of a player that he's evolved into because he's worked on that shot and because. I think that's a big reason as to why he is having such a call it a breakout. He's already been a forty goal scorer in his career. No, but think, like I think that's the difference between him being a forty goal scorer and a fifty goal, goal scorer. One hundred percent. I think he's figured that out that he's, he that he can be a fifty goal scorer if he can find a way to one time that sh- that puck into the net, which he clearly has. Well, he's added another. He's added another uh, lethal tool to an already to an yeah, already like his arsenal. repertoire is just keeps growing and growing. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, 100% cosign. I think that he ends up winning the Richard this year. Yeah. All right, uh, cosign, no sign number one for you. Sheldon Keefe keeps up this pace and will be on the Jack Adams ballot at year's end. Cosign to no, to no, to no end. I, I fully believe this is the Leafs team that they're supposed to be. I don't, but like, the thing about this Leafs run with Keefe, under Keefe is. It doesn't feel like it's them just being hot to me. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like they're just on fire. It feels like this is actually their team, and this is what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Like, I'm, like there's going to be blips here and there, but I think Keefe has figured them out, and they want to play for Keefe, and they're going to succeed. And if they do, like, there's no better story in the NHL right now, except for maybe Jeff Ward and Calgary kind of resurging. But, like... Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, which he's able to do, all those injuries. He might actually probably win, I think, this year, actually, Mike Sullivan, because he's been good all year. But there's not a lot of coaches that I think are... Barry Trotz doing it again. Yeah, those are probably my three right now. Keefe, Trotz, and Sullivan. Those are probably the three. You can throw in Greg Berube, like Tarasenko went down, and they just kept going. You can throw in Brad Brindamore, too, if you want, but... Yeah, they've, they've, it's, it's there's been a couple a, options, but I think if the Leafs keep being the way that they uh, the way that they are, they can that Keith will get nominated. All right, second one for you. 
Uh, my second one is, uh, after a few decent starts and a decent appearance in relief of Frederick Anderson on Monday night against the Oilers, Michael Hutchinson has settled in net for the Maple Leafs and will be the backup for the rest of the season. Oh, man. This is really tough because he has played well as of late, but he's shown me more that he's not an adequate NHL goalie than he is, and this is with him coming off of a shutout last weekend. Um, But I'm going to say no sign because I think at some point they're going to move out some salary, and I think they want to bring in a defenseman, but I also think they want to open up some space to bring in a more qualified backup goaltender. Although... At the same time, it just seems like they are kind of married to Hutchinson, and they've kind of spoken very highly of him and how much they believe in him. You know, he he and Keefe have a good relationship from last year with the Marlies. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I think that they're going to end up finding somebody, though. I think that he stays because I don't know what... I don't think there's a... There's, there's too many moving parts... For the Maple Leafs to have to get another goal. You well, know what I mean, like, there's too many things that they have to move around to well, do that. And I think Georgiev, Georgiev, who Leaf fans know very well because he just happens Leaf to stop killer. every the single Leaf shot that comes killer. his way. Uh, he he's going to be moved. I I truly do believe that because Igor Shosturkin, uh, he got called up. Who's their goalie of the future? It's gone at the end of the month. <laughs> To be honest, he's gone at the end of the month. Yeah, so he's there. He's going to get moved. I think Toronto would be intrigued by him because he's proved now for two seasons that he's capable of being a backup who can who can you can trust in spot starts, right? So I think that would be a target that the Leafs should should make. That's not a hot take. I think that's like yeah. a lot of people are, are saying that. Uh, maybe you know if. Do you see the if Ryan the Miller maybe? wants to leave just to, to try and make a playoff run and win a cup, I think Miller would be a, a welcomed addition. He's making, like, what, a million bucks uh, out in Anaheim. I know his family's out there, so he might not want to leave just for that. But, I mean, just for a few months to make a playoff run, try and win himself a Stanley Cup, Who knows? perhaps. Who knows? Uh, other than that, I don't see a lot of options. Um, yeah. I would say Craig Anderson from Ottawa, but that would require moving a lot more salary. Because I think he's making like four, or five, four, or five, four nine, or something, something like they that. Can't afford. Well, it's, it, it comes off the books at the end of the year. But they would they, have to move a significant contract. They, like CC move, would have, have to go. CC and bring in like Lilligren or something. Yeah, that's the only thing they could really do. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's no sign. Yes. No sign. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of making moves, the Leafs need to make a sizable addition before the trade deadline to become serious contenders. Cosign, no sign. They need to? I'm going to say no sign because I think they're a contender right now. Serious contender. They are. I think they are a serious contender right now. Okay. What are they, six, pa- six back of the Bruins for the division lead? They're... Top five in the NHL probably now, right? Maybe top six. I, I they're in that category. I, the Bruins aren't much better than the way the Maple Leafs are playing. They might be a little bit better, a little more steady, but 
I think the Bruins are the cream of the NHL, so the Leafs are in that conversation right now. That's for sure. It's funny how in one month how much things have changed. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Like not only with the Leafs, but with Tampa too. The fact that these teams were not even in a wild card spot a month ago and now have solidified themselves within the Atlantic Division and are now battling for the crown. Not to, not a wild card spot anymore. They got their eyes on the crown because Boston's kind of not that they've fallen off, but they're, they're not winning games. I don't know. I think they've fallen off a little bit. But the, but the thing with them is they like they keep bringing games to overtime. I mean, they always I, get points, like, man. Like they just they keep getting points, <laughs> keep accumulating points. Like I look at their 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 home record. They have nine overtime losses at home alone. Oh my god, nine! Like it's insane, and only two regulation losses. So they have eleven losses at home. Nine of them they've at least got a point out of. So. That's what the good teams do. They steal points, and that's what Toronto did yesterday. So yep. if they can do that on the games that they lose, try and at least get one point to keep themselves in the race. It, it goes does. a long way. It really does. And that was a big reason why you know Michael Hutchinson was castracized earlier in the season. Because he wasn't getting him a point. Because he wasn't at least getting points. Dude, imagine he was 0-1-6. <laughs> that would look way better. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you're going... No sign. No sign. Okay, cool. And my last one here is when Jake Muzzin returns from his injured foot, the Leafs will give Morgan Riley some time to finally recover from his nagging injury. Uh, no sign. Because, I, like I, I kind of spoke about earlier, I believe that his nagging injury is kind of over now. Uh, not I over, over, but... I think I, they give him a couple games. I don't think so. I, think I, I don't like, think he wants to. Like, like, Morgan Riley, if he fought through it then, he'll fight through it now. Because he's no. not even fighting through it. Like, he, he even said, there's I, not much pain anymore. I think he needs some time. <laughs> like, I, I, I really do. I think, it's a, I think it'd be a good opportunity for the Leafs to take another look at Sandy in a little bit. Like, it's a good opportunity to call Sandin up and actually, like, give him a chance to do something in a legitimate role. They can expand Dermot's role, continue to expand Dermot's role. You have Muzz in the lineup again. It's a good, it'd be a good fortunate time to actually be like, hey, Morgan, maybe take this extra week off or something. Well, that leads into my third cosine no sign. Both Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren will get a look with the Leafs at some point this season. Um... That's a tough one. The keyword is and. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say no sign because I don't think the Leafs move on from Cody Cece this year. I don't I don't find it. Like, if Cece's gone, then, like, I do for sure see Sandin getting a look at some point. Um, Lilligren's a hard stretch for me. I the thing with him is that they brought him up. Like, they've called him up to the NHL a few times, essentially just to use as a practice player. It's tough. But at some point, you'd have to think maybe they'll give him a game, like against a, a poor team on the road or something like that, when they just kind of they bring an extra body with them and they call up an extra defenseman for the road trip and they just kind of give him a game in, like, I don't know, like, Minnesota, or like LA or. So, do you, do, do, does your question just mean get a look as in, like, maybe one game? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll, I'll co sign because I think maybe Lilligren gets a game. Or okay. two. I think that's a thing. Um, I don't think it's anything consistent though. Like I don't think he becomes a regular for the a regular in the lineup for the playoff run. That's it. That's Fair it. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. That was fun. Really fun. 
Uh, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Lockdown Leafs Podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck and follow Brandon at BCameron222 on Twitter. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll talk about, uh, what are we going to talk about? Well, I guess we'll tee up the games that are going on on the weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right, till then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.